Hello, everyone. It's time again to talk Ann Arbor area prep hoops with your Coach Speak podcast crew, Derek Seidel from Napoleon, Josh Trope from Chelsea, and yours truly, Matt Seidel from Olivet, all head boys basketball coaches at their respective schools. Hello, everybody. It is Sunday, January 9, and we are fired up to be back on the pod after a 10-day break. Fellas, how are we doing? Doing real well. Uh, you know, excited to be back in school and back at it now with conference games and playing hopefully two games a week. Oh, wait, except for if you're Chelsea. But sorry, go on. Uh, I'm really excited to be on the pod tonight. And uh, yeah, big, big week for us. We play Friday night. Adrian comes to town, which means the, the start of SEC play. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get league play underway. Josh, I was uh, I was driving to Ann Arbor today to get my hair cut. You know, there's a lot of precision that goes into cutting my hair. And uh, so I, I see I've seen the same woman for years uh, to cut my hair. Um, so I had to take a special appointment. But you give me a call and and uh, you always got like three things. But I think the main thing we talked about uh, as you looked at your schedule and realized you got a, f- a few Tuesdays off coming up here and just some dead time in your schedule was, again, the problem with the 20 game restriction in high school basketball in the, uh, by the MHSA that's mandated by them. We're only allowed 20 real games and four scrimmages or exhibition games, but we have a 16 week season yet. We're only allowed 20 games and I, and you were passionate in your, uh, <laughs> in your phone call with me today. So where is your head on all of that? You, you got some thoughts to share with us? Yeah. I mean, not, not much has changed except that, let, let me give you some uh, facts first, all right? So we played one game last week, Friday night. We play one game this week, Friday night. We play one game next week, Friday night. Then the week before districts, we play one game. So, and, and you would say, okay, with a schedule like that, well, I must have messed up and we must have played too many games in the front of the season. That, that's not really the case. We've only played six games to this point, um, which is less than most teams um, and certainly not more than – a handful right and so the concern I have is is you know what are we doing dragging the season out and and I don't remember it being this bad in the past maybe it was and I just missed it somehow but um I think probably because of all the talk of possibly going to 22 games uh you know I think you know is why it really you know I'm looking at our schedule and I'm like trying to keep kids interested practicing that many days in a row without games is tough it's tough for coaches it's certainly tough for teenagers so I think we have to take a long look at what's really best for kids. And, and I think one shortening the season, I know they've talked about that, but that I think has got to be done or we have to expand, but expand to 24 games. You know, I think most of us here on the podcast played several exhibition games and we, we find those to be very helpful, much more productive, um, allows us to handle subs, flow of the game, helps with kids' nerves, helps with us, you know, getting used to officials and things like that. So, you know, all those things. And, you know, the exhibition games really do, you know, they fit nicely. So we're already doing it. So we're already really playing 24 games and it's a piece of cake. So let's just go there. Don't stop at 22. Let's go to 24. Um, and if, if they feel like we'll abuse it with the four scrimmages, then, then we could go back to one or two scrimmages. I think, oh, I think Indiana gets one preseason scrimmage, but they get more games. I, I'd be okay with that. You know, one preseason scrimmage in 24 games. And then I think, and I've been saying this for years, and not just because, uh, you know, Chelsea football is incredible, which it is, by the way. Uh, we, we, we honored our state championship football team on, on title night um, 
Friday, which was great. Good turnout. I will be honest. I was really disappointed with the Chelsea fans, though. They did not give the football team a standing ovation. And I, I was actually, one, shocked, and two, a little disappointed. I, I expected something like a state championship. You know, I thought they would have got a rousing stand, standing ovation, and that would have been nice to see. So, But, again, they honored the team. Um, incredible season. But, like, and, and I look at teams like Olivet, right? I mean, you guys usually are in the playoffs, make it at least a week or two run or or so before you run into a state power. Like, it's time to start the basketball season after Thanksgiving. It, it really is. And let families go away, take a weekend or a week to go on a trip. It's the end of the trimester because we're asking families to give up Christmas break already. I mean, you were playing over the holidays. So I think it's time to start the season after Thanksgiving, go to 24 games. I'm a... I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Like, like I said, I, I feel like we've played 10 already. We've had six regular games and we've had four exhibition games. And, you know, we've been playing twice a week for the most part, it seems like, um, since the third, you know, we had two weeks of practice and then we started exhibition games in that, that third week. And then we started a regular season right after that. We played obviously um, a little bit, one exhibition and one regular game over the break. We've played 10 games essentially already. It feels just right. Not too much, not too little. And we only have two open dates left at the end of the year. It's the last two weeks. We have a, a Tuesday off. Um, we play the 25th. And then the last week before district, we, we have one. So 24 would be perfect. And I think, you know, 24 regular games and two scrimmages or two exhibition games, I think is perfect. And if you don't want to use them, fine. Um, but man, it, Either that or, you know, I, I agree with you. Let's just let, let's not even open practices until um, the Monday after Thanksgiving, which I'd rather play the, the 24 games and have the two exhibitions or two scrimmages. But um, it, it's just way too long. So these gaps in your schedule would just drive me crazy. Yeah, no doubt. We're the same way where we've <clears throat> we've got two open, I guess, dates. You could call it two weeks where we only play one game left later in the season. Um and again, like the funny thing too is, I mean, a year ago, heck, we were playing three games a week, and and that was, and it really wasn't too much, you know. Like, see, we even you even could mix in a three game week here and there if you really wanted to, if you compact the schedule a little bit, you could shorten the schedule and go to twenty four games or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, the thing that's crazy to me too, you know, one, there's there's teams that have played more games than us. There's teams that have played more than six games. So imagine their situation where they're really going to have some some long or, or every week they're going to have one only one game or, or whatever. So that's definitely interesting. And then the other thing too, that it's crazy is the teams that take, you know, like the 20 something day breaks and stuff over, over winter break. And I guess if you do that, you do at least have some, you have flow the rest of the way. Like you're going to be playing two games a week all the way through. So I guess that that's one advantage to doing that. But I mean, obviously you're, you're just, been in your wheels for a month which i i can't imagine doing um or at least it'd be hard to get through at least the additional games though allow you to do some special things like part of the reason with with chelsea's schedule josh is you guys have played those back-to-backs where you've played a game and then you've gone into a special game you know or, or gone out of state and played on a saturday or whatever i mean the two most exciting events that we've been in this year were the one at Olivet College, the Glatt Cascades Challenge, and then the, the Shot Clock Classic at, uh, at, at Spring Arbor on the 29th. That was fun. But if you were allowed 22 or 24 games, you could sprinkle those in because those are usually on either one over the break or two, they're on a Saturday. And 
you know, and if you start playing Friday, Saturday, well, all of a sudden now you've got gaps in your schedule down the stretch and nobody wants that. So it's just, it's an easy solution. And I like what Derek said. We proved it last year that we can play three in a week and everybody survived it. Heck, Josh, you mentioned your, your youngest son played three games in a day the other day. I mean, it's yeah. just like, you know, what are we doing here? So I really think that, you know, one of the probably pushback you get, you always get this, it seems like from administration or whatever. So you have more games to cover then, and then it's harder on that. So I, I actually, again, I, if you want to meet halfway on that, I, I still think we should explore, like you're saying, the ability to play two games in a day uh, once or twice during the season, just to expand. I think that would be cool. You know, you could have, heck, you could have a four team tournament on a Saturday, you know, early in the season. And I know that doesn't help fill in dates. Uh, you're still going to have your open dates, but I'm, I'm, I don't know. We're obviously way too progressive for the MHSAA's liking, but uh, all those types of things would be cool. I'm less confident. You know, I, I, I have no confidence that the MHSA is going to uh, implement the shot clock next year when they could. Um, I've really become negative about that. And I think it's a huge mistake, but, um, and I'll be critical of it if that decision does come that way. But I'm becoming less confident about, I mean, at least, you know, about the, the extra games, too. I, I kind of thought that was going to be a no-brainer that we would go to 22. I hope they at least throw us that bone and give us 22 to 24 games uh, because I don't see the shot clock coming anytime soon just based on some feedback that I've been getting from people I trust. So. Well, I think, I think the 22 games is going to come, but then I think they're going to take scrimmages away, which doesn't make any sense either. I mean, they, 22 games and the four scrimmages is what we need. And then uh, I agree. I, I think, you know, we're all huge advocates, obviously, the shot clock. I don't think there's a chance that's going to happen. I just, from what I'm hearing from the people that are in the know, it's just it's just not going to happen. Uh, too many naysayers, you know, and it, there's too many people that point out the problems instead of possible solutions. And, I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I don't want to get my hopes up on that one. Instead, I just want to hopefully, hopefully get some more games. Well, hey, speaking of games, let's, uh, let's transition into a huge week in the Ann Arbor area when it comes to uh, basketball games, especially on the boys' side. Um, and we're going to go through a, a few of these. You guys, you two boys, happen to be involved in a couple of huge ones uh, as well. Um, but, you know, we've got, uh, we've got the Skyline uh, at Celine game on Tuesday, as well as the Dexter at Huron game on Tuesday. And the, <laughs> the SEC Red, which we've, we've kind of raved about already this year, this, it's on full display Tuesday night uh, with the game at Celine and the game at Huron. Um, these are going to be these are going to be exciting affairs. I'm almost feeling like we need a little snow in Eaton County so I can move our our Tuesday game to Wednesday and then I can just kind of lock into these two on the NFHS. I don't think that's going to happen based on the forecast. But any thoughts on these two games? And uh, uh, do you think anyone's got an edge based on what you're hearing? I think the key, I mean, right for the Dexter game is, is Parachek back, right? Cause he was unable to play last week and I do think he'll be back. I mean, that's a game changer. I mean, I, I mean, with and without him is two different Dexter teams. So if, if he's there, they'll be incredibly competitive in both games. And, you know, I, I think they'll give Huron everything they can handle. And um, I think the, the Parachek will bother Arbor prep inside. And I think the guard play of Dexter is, is so, you know, excellent that they will, also be able to handle all, all of Arbor Prep's pressure this week as well. So I think if fully healthy, I, I think, you know, I think Dexter will be in two great games against two great teams. And as far as Celine Skyline goes, I mean, 
is anybody doing a better job right now than Coach Merrick over at, at Celine? I mean, he's he's absolutely got them rolling. They're a machine. They're only lost to Huron by by what two at the buzzer and. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's going to be a great battle. And Skyline is, is really rolling and playing well right now. They handled Divine Child with ease over break, and, and, and they're a really good team. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if the teams are full strength I, and with, with the kind of the momentum that Skyline has been able to build, I think I like Skyline in that game. Um, I, I hear there might be a few issues, though, coming into that game um, from some intel that uh, – Matt may have picked up, but, um, you know, that obviously could throw, th- throw a, a wrench in things. I, that should be a really good game either way. Um, the Dexter Huron one, I mean, it's interesting because he, Huron obviously really put it on Dexter in the regional last year. Um, but obviously it's a totally new Huron team. I do think that having, having experienced guards against Huron is really a key, um, with Bavanaugh and Rickner and stuff. And I, I think that, that really can kind of keep you in that game. Yeah. It, also with it being at Huron, I'd probably give Huron the slight edge. But uh, I mean, like it, this is what's awesome about the SEC Red this year. It's like you, you, like any given night, you've got really, really good matchups. Um, and it's it, as it starts to shape out here. I mean, obviously everyone's still in the race, so it's exciting. You know, the Skyline Sling game. I mean, you, you mentioned Derek, and you know, Skyline. I mean, coming off you know three impressive wins, it was as Lincoln, Ludington, and Divine Child. But uh, after uh, kind of communicating with uh, Coach Lovelace, they the last couple of practices only had about six guys. And so half their team right now is currently out with either COVID or health protocols. So, uh, you know, basically he said, you know, assuming we can play Tuesday, uh, it should be a very hard fought battle. But this one, this may be a little bit like the, uh, the Michigan, Michigan State or the Michigan Purdue where, uh, you know, and, and those are legitimate. I, I don't, you, you non-Michigan jerks. Uh, who think Michigan bailed on those. I mean, they're down to five scholarship players. Well, Skyline's down to half the roster. So that, you know, that game might not even take place. But if it does, if those kids come back and, and they're ready to roll, uh, that, that's going to be a fun one. And, uh, again, the, the second coach that we've had um, kind of talk about Celine, you know, which, we've, you know, we've seen some video highlights and we've obviously followed them. But, you know, again, just talking about their, their tough and physical and aggressive defense and, and, uh, you know, how well they're executing on offense, this, the strong guard play, um, which, of course, in high school at, at any level is really good. But when you get a couple of high school guards that can play, it, it does amazing things. But, um, you know, Skyline's half court D has been really good all year. But so is Celine's half court offense. So something's going to give there. Um, I think that's going to be an exciting game. Um, Dexter Huron, at first team to 40 wins. I don't know. I, I kind of feel it's going to be a low scoring game, but that's just that's just my thought. I think they're both going to go at it um, and get another one. Josh alluded to the fact that Dexter two days later plays Arbor Prep, an undefeated Arbor Prep team. So Dexter just played, you know, Catholic Central, a really good Catholic Central team, which might not be as good as, you know, Warren De La Salle in the Catholic League, but they're right up there. And uh, they, they took a tough loss, a, a big loss, actually, with Parachek out. But now they're going to come back with Huron and Arbor Prep. So De- Dexter is, is not afraid to play anybody right now. I can tell you that. So, um Speaking of not being able to uh, afraid to play anybody, um, Derek, how are you feeling about your game? They, these are these are the other two that we wanted to mention. Napoleon is at Vandercook Lake on Tuesday. Um, it's gonna it's gonna dictate who takes the the early lead in the Cascades Conference, and then of course we got Adrian at Chelsea on Friday, and that's a big SEC white game. But let's start with this Napoleon Bandy game on Tuesday, Derek. Uh, I know it's tough to, <laughs> tough to talk about your own team, but what uh, what are your thoughts going in? That's, that should be an exciting one. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we're, we're definitely excited to uh, 
to, you know, be playing in this big of a game here in early January. It definitely has, uh, you know, I think some hype around it over here in this area. I mean, with two undefeated teams, obviously we're, we're just getting going with league play. Um, you know, Vandy's got some really tough guards, um, and they shoot the they shoot the crap out of it. Um, they have been like they've just been on fire every every time I throw on film. It seemed to be knocking down um, threes in every single game, and it's not always the same guys. Um, so it's really going to stress our um, defense in ways that we probably haven't been stressed yet so far this year. Just having to try and guard shooters all over the floor, um, while also having guys like Jermaine Buckner and and Demarion Smith who are really good drivers really quick kids that can get in the lane as well so it's you gotta have to pick your poison at times where are you gonna collapse in and um and help on drives or are we gonna give up open and allow open threes or are we gonna stick to shooters and try to play one-on-one on the drives um you know i i i like where our defense has been all year but we haven't had um probably any predicament at this level uh yet where it's really neither of those options sound very good so we'll see what we can do um, with that, and then you know, I think it should be a really good atmosphere. Uh, it, it's a tough place to play. I know um, last year it was a wild game when we played at their place. Um, it, it's usually loud in there. It's an 84 foot court. It's a, a a smaller gym, I guess. It's really got that that loud feel to it. It gets intense in there. So I think it should be a really good game. It should be exciting. And um, yeah, we're, we're I think we're ready for the challenge. Well. The podcast was called Coach Speak, and that that was a lot of Coach Speak. I thought that was a lot of it. Um, Didn't really give us anything on the game. So I I think Matt and I will break down the game right now because we really, you know, don't have, well, I mean, maybe a little bit of a rooting interest. But bottom line is, you know, we can can be honest about it. So I've watched Vandy play on film once. I've watched you guys play in person, but and I I know you you pretty well. I'm very interested to see. Um, how they handle your one three one? I think they'll struggle with that. I'm interested to see if you can diamond press them. I don't think you can, so I'll be interested to see if you can. Um, I, I'm interested to see if they come out in a two three zone like they did against center because I don't actually think they can guard all your stuff. So I'll be interested to see if if Vandy comes out and mans you or they they go into that two three zone. Um, you know, so I, I'm really intrigued by. You know, you both have your strengths and weaknesses, and, and can you really do all those things against the other team? Those are the things that intrigue me, uh, you know, in, in that game. I wish I could see that game because I know the, both teams well, and they're both well-coached and good players. I will be at the Grand Ledge-Williamston game that night instead, but I will be following your game closely. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I those are the things I'm, I would like. If I was doing that game, uh, you know, pregame, I'd be like, okay, can the Napoleon – one, three, one bother, you know, Vandy, can Vandy actually match up and guard Napoleon or do they have to sit in that two, three? Those are the things I'd like to know. Those are all, I mean, that's right on. I mean, that, you know, it's funny because I, I've, uh, I've seen Napoleon a bunch this year. We actually uh, had an exhibition game with him this past week and, and they're, they're, to be honest, we, we played 10 games. If you count the four exhibitions, they're, they're the best team we've played um, in terms of personnel and just the way they go about their business and the way they play. So they, they are a handful, but Bandy is a handful too. I've seen them live once and I've seen them on video as I've scouted other teams. Um, yeah, it, it is. I, I, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a chess match too. I think a couple things, I think coaches are going to be making adjustments throughout that game, depending on how things go. And, and, and the other, you know, the other part of it is for the first time, somebody's going to get behind in that game. And for the first time all year, either Napoleon or Vandy kids are going to get behind. And how do they handle that? Like, are, are they, do they, they just kind of, they roll with it. 
and go with the adjustments and start chipping away? Or do they panic because they're behind for the first time and all of a sudden an eight point deficit becomes six? We've seen it. We see, I've seen it happen with my team, seen it happen a lot. And then, of course, these teams could play each other three times. This is just the first of probably three matchups that they're going to have. I saw all three last year. And Vandy, you know, could not handle Napoleon's pressure throughout the year. But this is a different Vandercook team. This they have, you know, many more <laughs> multiple guards that are are new to the program and so forth. So it is, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be fun. I'm I say that's gonna. Hey, I got to get it out of my mind during our game Tuesday, so I'm not thinking about it. I can just check the score, and watch the video afterward. But um, yeah, I, I I like it. It's gonna be um gonna be fun, and it's just round one of, of like I said of three. So. All right, and the other can the other big one, of course, we can do the same thing to Josh. Now we've got we got Adrian uh, four and two uh, at Chelsea four and two on Friday. Um, I I've reached out to Jordan Kelly because one of the reasons why it says Adrian plays Detroit Denby Thursday on the MHSA website is that true or is that just a total gaffe by the by the website? Is that even possible that they would play a Thursday game? And then come back and play Adrian on Friday. Yeah, uh, Friday. Yeah, again, it's on there. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not on there anymore. But when I looked earlier, so I did not get confirmation or denial on that. So yeah, actually, I just did. I'm looking at my uh, phone right now, and uh, we got a long. Um, yes, we are playing Denby on Thursday. <laughs> so they're going to go back to back. They, you know, some teams like to practice the day before and some like to play a game the day before so it is warming up man they, they might drop 90 on you guys friday just because they're, they're coming off a game and feeling good about themselves so there's a story behind that i think they lost the uh their, their game with Lloyd norick so they were scrambling to find one and that must have been all they could do but they are playing thursday 13 so um yeah so uh Derek, um, you you've seen I we both we saw Adrian over there at Spring Arbor. We both know Chelsea and have seen Chelsea as well. Uh, what are your thoughts looking at those two teams? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, we saw Adrian play probably their worst game of the year. Um, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't, they've lost two times and they they did not play well that that day against Northwest. And Northwest was really able to throw them off with kind of a the combination defense that that was different than what Adrian was used to. Adrian is such a dangerous team when they get going. Um, obviously, Joe Francis on any given night can score in the mid-30s as he's shown. And, and they have pieces around him that are just – that kind of complement him fine. You know, they, they get out and run really well. They pressure you. They put you in kind of tough spots having to make decisions on the fly. They don't really let you uh, run your stuff, uh, I guess. They, they kind of they, – they successfully set the, the, the pace of the game. And like you mentioned, they – it's a fast pace and it's usually a high scoring game. I personally think on paper, I like Chelsea's matchup here. I just think they have the guard play to deal with the different kind of trapping style and kind of the junk it up style that, that Adrian plays. Um, and I, I think that Chelsea also has enough guys, enough really athletic dudes to, to, to bother Francis and then also keep the other guys in check. So I, I like Chelsea's, I guess, matchup here across the board if i'm being honest uh but like i said there's there's a i think adrian's got that ability to just on any given night if they're really going um they can pop you so i, I think this is a good one i think it's such an important game too because um i think at this point I, I would expect it to come down to these two in the league so you know it, it can this is chelsea's first big test or it's the first league game period but um to open the league that way is 
is is interesting so it kind of sets the tone for the whole way and uh it is it is one of those where you know if you don't come ready or if you just turn the ball over a little too much it can it can go downhill josh what what worries you about adrian the most i i mean joe francis (laughs) (laughs) there you go i mean joe francis can go for 40 i mean on any given night he'd go for 30 on any given night i mean yeah he worries me. He worries me a lot. I lose a lot of sleep about Joe Francis. And I think the other thing more so even than Joe Francis is um, the grittiness and the tenacity that Adrian plays with is always a concern. And, and, and I'm not saying my guys aren't gritty and, and tenacious, but, but they, they bring it and they're going to bring it. And, um, and I, I'll tell you where it's, where it concerns me most is on the, on the glass. And, and what I mean by that is I think we'll be able to hold our own on the glass, but they do things that you just, you don't practice and you don't prepare for. Like we'll go get a defensive rebound and they'll triple team us on the rebound. And, and you're just, you expect to be able to grab that rebound and put the ball on the floor and push. Right. And they're there and, and maybe not triple team, but they're always, you know, they might have to throw a double team match and they're all over you and they're going after it. And it's, it's something we're not used to. I mean, maybe there's other programs that do that, but in our program, you know, we send two to three to the glass. And and then when the other team gathers the rebound, we're sprinting back like crazy. So we're not used to pressure on the ball, things like that. So they do that, and that really throws us off. Um, I think the other thing, too, like Derek said, is they, they don't really let you run your stuff. I mean, they, they're just going to they're gonna put Joe at half court, right in the middle of the floor, and kind of get him some freedom to do his thing. And then they're going to throw four athletes out there with him, and they're going to do their thing. And it, it just it, – it, interrupts any flow you know that that you could get into offensively so yeah those are some real concerns that we have there's no question we're gonna have to be able to handle those things well coach kelly he definitely uh he considers his team the underdog and and i'd have i'd have to agree with him on that one um even though i see i see josh rolling his eyes a little bit but you know he he's very complimentary of you as well as your kids and even though you you know again he mentioned and i think everybody if you don't know Chelsea, you look at the roster and say, my God, this is a diaper squad. These guys are really young. Um, but you know, he, he, he knows that, you know, you, you rely heavily on uh, you know, a couple sophomores, a couple juniors. Um, and, but those guys have just played a ton of basketball. They're, they're really not an inexperienced uh, uh, group. My biggest question for, for Friday night is, is there enough room on the sideline for all the video guys the specially hired video guys, they're going to be coming in, taking special videos. Joe Francis has, he probably has one at practice. He's going to have one. You know, he's going to have one there Friday. You now have players doing this. I mean, is, is every player, every starter in the game, maybe even guys coming off the bench, are they all going to have individual video guy going, or is it the same guy doing it for everybody? Cause somebody's making a lot of money off Adrian and Chelsea kids right now, but is there, is there a way to get on that sideline? And how do I hire this guy? Because I'm looking for a video of just myself. I just want to like hire a guy to just shoot me standing there with my arms crossed during the game. I don't know. Is that is that possible, or, is it, or do you guys have like a, a restriction down there on the sideline? I'm not going to answer that question. You know, I feel about all that the, the circus. But um, I will say this: um, Derek talked about this being a big game. I, I almost look at this as a must-win game for us. And in, in being a home game on a Friday night against an Adrian, you know, you lose this game early in the year and then you got to go back down to Adrian later in the year on a Friday. That, that's tough. And then, you know, obviously we both have, would have a lot of work to do in the league besides that. I mean, Jackson is much better than people are giving them credit for. They're, they're kind of, you know, 
sleeping on every, or everybody's kind of sleeping on them right now. And they're, they're really good. And nobody knows anything about Ipsy because they've been quarantined a few times and stuff. And then um, Pinckney's a, a tough program. And, and then Tecumseh's much, much improved. I think they're, they're sitting at like six and two or seven and two right now. So, you know, that, um, you know, like we both have a lot of work to do, but this would be a real, this would be tough to come back from a Friday night home loss to, to an Adrian. This is a tough, this is one we got to get. Let me ask you guys that because you're both, you guys are in different boats. So you've, you've got a rival in your league. You know you're going to have to play them twice to determine or have a big say in the conference title. Would you rather play the first game on the road like Napoleon's doing and they have to go to Vandy first, or would you rather play the first one at home? Corey Ray uh, mentioned that he is excited that they get to play the first one against Napoleon at home. And, and what are your thoughts on that? Interesting. I, I, I think the the selling point, if you're playing on the road, is like, there's nothing to lose because it's not, you know, if you do happen to lose it, you get them coming back at home. Um, and also it's like, you have a chance to, 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 to pop them when they're on the, like the, the you get a chance to win the road game and set the tone on the road. But I, I do think you probably prefer to have it at home to set the tone there and you're more comfortable and all that. Uh, you know, in, in our specific situation, we've actually not played a true road game all year. So this is our, our first true road game too, which is a, a little scary for me, but it is what it is. I definitely would want it at home. I, I, I mean, early in the season, uh, you know, you're more jittery. You haven't been in many of these situations, and I don't think we'll be jittery. We, we have a very experienced team, but we'll be more comfortable at home. And and it looks like we'll have a home crowd, and, you know, that's still going to happen. And so, I mean, yeah, no, I, I definitely want it at home. All right. Well, that, like I said, huge week on the boys' side. <clears throat> um, we, got, we got a game on the girls' side, though. I, I don't think it would be remiss not to mention this one <clears throat> on Thursday. At Arbor Prep, uh, Redford Westfield Prep, a, uh, an 8 0 squad coached by uh, the one and only Dave Mann. Anybody knows basketball in the state of Michigan should, should recognize that name, unless there's just another guy named Dave Mann. But I, I saw his name attached to this team, and it didn't surprise me then that they were 8 uh, 0. Westfield Prep, 8 0, at Arbor Prep, 6 0 on Thursday. And uh, that should be, you know, this is the same team I think that Dexter girls were going to play this past week. The game got moved. And they're actually going to go to uh, Westfield Prep, I think, on on maybe January 20. So uh, again, another another local team, uh, uh, you know, increasing the uh, the difficulty of their schedule. But um, Maya Pedicord, I just wanted to mention her uh, 36 points uh, in a victory over uh, Lowell and Grand Rapids on Saturday. She is getting closer and closer. Uh, I mean, I, she she's going to get my vote for Miss Basketball. But she's a legitimate possibility to win this thing. Heck, I don't know. She might be the favorite, unless there's someone else out there that I don't know about. But that should be a great game. I think there's another girl from Detroit. I want is it like Ruby Whitehorn might be the senior this year that's in the running as well. But I, I, I again, maybe we're biased because we're in the area. Or she's in yes, our area, are. but um, I, I would, I would vote for Maya as well. She's she impressed me last year and a couple times I saw him play and. Uh, you know, uh, she's continued to do that. Like the 36 points the other day is very impressive. It should be a great game. Uh, we, we got a lot of talented, special girls basketball players in the area. I, I had a chance to watch Layla Wells for the first time this year um, on Friday night. And I only got to see bits and pieces. I'm, you know, I'm running back and forth to the boys JV game. And then our game, you know, usually we're in the locker room for the fourth quarter of the girls game. But I got to see enough of it. I mean, we have so many talented girls players in the area. I will add, I will beg this question though. Like, so like on Friday night, when, when Adrian comes to town, 
Um, Joe's going to have a good game, but he's obviously going to be our focus and, and going to get a lot of attention and sometimes where he's face guarded and no touched and, and, you know, where he's not getting a touch and things like that. And, and everybody that knows Adrian does that. And we see that a lot in boys basketball. I'm surprised we don't see that more on the girls side. And, and, um, and I, and I thought Chelsea did a great job of it the other day by shutting down Stockbridge's best player by kind of shadowing her throughout the night. Uh, Coach Scheffler did a great job with his game plan of knowing where she was and things like that. But I'm just I'm surprised that we see so many of these girls basketball players just going off for 25, 30, 35 points. Um, I mean, at some point, man, you try and go to them, but two on. Right. I mean, like right. I, like I've noticed Sophie Cannon from Celine. It, it, she's just on a roll this year. And, hey, and we're going to not we're going to start pronouncing her name right. It's Canaan. OK. Sorry. She's good enough that we're not butchering that name anymore. No, no. I, I apologize. Sophie. the way you're playing, I mean, Sophie C, you know, a queen, Sophie, <laughs> whatever we want. But she she's flat out balling right now. And and I, I mean, I, I don't understand how teams are. not There's more of a focus on some of these kids. And I mean, I'm happy for them. I guess there's not. But but man, I'm telling you, if I, if I had to put two people on on some of these girls like Sophie and, and Layla, I, I probably would. I'm surprised we don't see more of that. Same with Maya. And I know that that Celine and and especially Arbor Prep have more weapons. So it's right. a little tougher to do. But still, I mean, somebody else got to beat me. You know, speaking to Celine, 8 0, uh, they, they have a game at Skyline on Tuesday. And I wouldn't call that a, a big game. Celine heavily favored. I mean, Kanan, uh, who, who outscored uh, Wald Lake Western by herself, she scored 33 the other day in a 74 to 24 win. I mean, she, you know, if she gets it going again, she might she might outscore Skyline herself. And that's no offense to Skyline. That's just how good that Sophie has been. But um, Celine, again, they, they should roll in that one. And it all of a sudden moved to nine and oh, they have only one game this coming week, but you know, they're on that collision course, obviously with, with Dexter in the, in the SEC red as well. But yeah, that, that's a great question with the girls. I, I think you answered your own question though, with uh, Celine and, and Arbor prep both have complimentary players and, and they're better than just complimentary players that you, you couldn't just go combination defense on their best player. I mean, you might want to try when you're giving up 33 or 36 points in the game, you might want to try, but there are some of those teams out there where one girl is carrying them. And I'm surprised they don't see a box and one almost every single game, but um, that's, that's just my style of coaching and, and maybe yours. Although I can't remember the last time you went boxing one your your pride wouldn't let you go boxing one. On no, we're, we're more of a, a, a face guard, no touch, no help type. Deal. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, since we're talking so much about the girls game and, and how great it is here in the area, um, let's talk about female coaches. And, and obviously we got some really good ones here in, in Washington County in the greater Washington County area, but not only do, are there some really great women's coaches in girls basketball, but in Ohio this past week, we had two women's coaches coaching against each other for the first time ever in, in boys games. There's been women coaches in, in the boys side of it in Ohio, but never have they, they coached against each other. And that happened in a JV game in Ohio last week. And I, I think it's awesome. I, I don't understand why we don't see more of that. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I, we're seeing it at the NBA level with a lot of assistance and we're seeing it at the, at the high D one level um, with assistance. But I think that, at the high school level, I think we need to see it more. I, I think it, the only reason we might not see it is because the maturity level of the boys. And what I mean by that is 
uh, men and in, in, in college kids, I mean, we call them kids, but they're grown men as well. Men respect knowledge and, and passion and relationship building. And so it's, I think it's easier for them to, to uh, cling on to a, a female assistant and, and, and find the value in, in both the relationship and the knowledge. And, and I think that um, it, a lot of our young men in, in high school ranks could really learn from this. And I, I think um, it's something I, I'd like to see more of, you know, is, is female coaches on the boys' side as well. I mean, how many girls' programs are just loaded with guys in their middle ages, you know I mean? And, and, and I understand that they're great coaches. I mean, I've coached on the girls' side, and, and I love coaching girls' basketball. They, they appreciated the heck out of me and my wife, and, and, and I miss it in a lot of ways. But um, I'd like to see it go both ways. You know, I, I, I think that it would be great for the, the game of basketball and, and great for mentoring young people. I, Stockbridge came to town Friday and they, they had uh, female assistants on the, on the boys staff. And I thought it was great. Yeah, it definitely is. is cool to see. And um, I think part of it is you've got such, there's so few, uh, there's so many, like you're mentioning guys that coach on the girls side that if you're a female that's into basketball, you're, you're probably gravitating towards that side of things. Um, just, you know, especially since we're also working on trying to make sure that there's, uh, you know, enough female coaches on the female side. So I think, I think maybe that you would gravitate more towards that. Um, but I, I don't know. That is an interesting point. It is, it is cool to see that, uh, that, 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 that happened down in Ohio. What about coach? Yeah. Dart? Isn't coach darts JV coach, uh, still with him? Is that right. correct? And yeah, he, he, he speaks, I, I, I believe, you know, she was an assistant, I think with him at one point, um, maybe at the ninth grade coach. I, I, I think she's doing the JV now. Um, I've seen her coach, uh, her team, um, I was at Olivet. I mean, well-coached team. And she, she knows her stuff. I mean, she, she could be a varsity boys coach right now. Um, and, and Brian, I know, speaks really highly of her. But I think you guys touched on it. We, we don't have enough women coaches coaching on the women's side. I mean, Leanne Ream talked about this in the summer when we had her on. Like, you know, what, what is the deal with that? And, um, you know, part of it is, is I, I think, motivating women and, let, you know, letting them know that, um, that they can do it and, and, you know, that people will, will work with them. Um, uh, to make that happen, but there's a, there's a shortage of them for sure. I mean, it, it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm st- I started to see a trend of more like women officials out there, and then all of a sudden it seems to have fallen off a little bit more. But you know, you, you look at the college women's game. It, sometimes you have three women out there, it's at least two. It seems like most games. And um, yeah, I don't know if women how many men's college games get done by by females, but you know, there, there's so much good basketball out there from coaching and, and, and playing that there's so many qualified women. It's just a matter of opportunity. So, but that you made a great point. I thought that was a cool thing that happened down in Ohio. I'd like to see more of that, to be honest. So, hey, before we go, we've got a uh, Monday night. We're all going to be up late. Well, some of us will be up late. I'm going to stay up and watch at least at least why it's interesting. Again, any thoughts on the uh, on the Alabama Georgia national championship game? Um, and, and anybody? I'm wearing my Alabama shirt right now, but that's just, uh, that's really more just to show Nate some support. Uh, the, the Crimson Tide basketball fellas are having a hard time right now. So I got I to I rock this at practice today, but um, any, any, any thoughts on the football game Monday night? I, I'm going to, I, I said it going into the semis when we picked those last week or whatever it was. I, I actually think Georgia's going to win this time. I think that they were kind of woken up by the, um, the the performance in the SEC championship game, I think that they weren't as aggressive as maybe they needed to be defensively. Uh, I think you know with Mechie being out for Alabama, 
Um, that helps a little bit. And I think that they'll have a better plan for covering Jamison Williams. But the problem is with, with Alabama, they, it only takes one or two plays. If, if uh, Bryce Young can, can find Will, Williams for a couple long touchdowns, you're in trouble. But I, I got a feeling that Georgia's going to get it done this time. Roll Tide. I, I got a better question. Instead of the winner of that game, um, I wish our viewers could see the podcast. When is What is the over-under on a date that Derek's going to actually get curtains for his house? That, that's the question I have right now. We, we have curtains. We have curtains upstairs. It, yeah, behind me, there's you can see the window down here in our basement of our bi level house has uh, paper taped on the wall because my girlfriend works at from home and she has the sun in her eyes, so she's just taped paper on the wall, on the window. You got so, like the, so you got the deer looking. You got the deer looking in uh, the door right now. What, what what is that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The the dogs from our neighbors are sometimes over here by the window peering in. So. Yeah, we got it. Oh my God. Yeah. We just, we just ordered uh, some shades for, well, actually we're trying one of them out for the one in the living room. And if it's good, we'll get it for in here too. So uh, I I don't even know who I picked the last time we talked to this. I know I picked the Georgia Michigan game almost perfectly, but I am going to pick, um, I'm going to pick Alabama in this game. I I, I think Georgia, I think it's going to be a hack of a game. I think this one's going to be a, a battle. It might be even epic. It would be great if it was a, a really cool finish. I just hope it gets over before midnight. Um, but yeah, looking forward to our, our final college game of the year. And then, um, and then it's time to sit back and see what happens in Michigan, what, what happens with my boy Harbaugh. So maybe he'll be the Raiders coach next year. If I were him, I'd do it. I'd definitely do it, but that's just me. So um Anyway, boys, you guys have a big week. Uh, we have a big week too, but uh, yours is, uh, is 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 a little higher profile. So good luck to both of you uh, pulling for you, and uh, we will see you next time on the pod.